Microsoft had a problem. To be more specific, the support team of Microsoft Office had a problem. They built one of the most comprehensive knowledge bases available online, answering every possible question you might ever have about a Microsoft Office product. And yet, they had consistently low scores in customer satisfaction. This just didn't make sense to them. They'd been so thorough. You couldn't think of a question about Microsoft Office that the knowledge base didn't answer. Why then did people rate them so lowly? Lowly? Is lowly a word? I don't know, but we'll go for it anyway. So low. After bringing in usability expert Jeremy McGovern, it turned out that their thoroughness had also been their downfall. They'd been so focused on answering every question, no matter how obscure, that they were making it impossibly hard for people to find the answers to the most common questions. This is a problem I encounter all of the time. Clients become obsessed with edge cases. They're always saying things like, what if a user wants to, um, to do a particular thing? Or, or let's put this piece of content online just because someone might find it useful. This is the curse of the edge case. Every time you accommodate an edge case, it comes at a cost. It adds complexity to your site, making it just that little bit harder for the majority of users to find the answers they want. It's like adding another piece of straw to the proverbial haystack in which the needle is hiding. The first step towards dealing with edge cases is to identify them. Or to look at it another way, you first of all need to know the core tasks and activities. Once you've done that, then you know that everything else is an edge case. How you find those core activities is very much up to you. There's different ways. You could start with personas or use user stories or, like Jerry McGovern, who I mentioned earlier, begin with identifying top tasks. Jerry essentially draws up a list of every conceivable task you could complete on the site and presents it to a sample group of users. He then asks them to prioritize those tasks um, and that way you find out what the most important ones are. At first glance, it seems ridiculous as the list can run into well over 100 tasks. However, the sheer number of tasks is what forces users to prioritise on an almost instinctive basis. Anyway, whatever your approach, it is absolutely crucial to identify those core activities you want to support so that you have a clear picture of what lies outside of that core. What are your edge cases? With your core activities, your top tasks identified, you now need a way of dealing with the rest, the edge cases. Instead of just ignoring them, I recommend a three-stage approach based on John Mader's book, Laws of Simplicity. In his book, he suggests that there are three ways to keep any product simple. You either remove elements, hide them, or shrink them. So, with that in mind, how can we deal with our edge cases? Step one is to ask if this edge case can be entirely removed from the website. Is this such an edge case that it can be completely ignored? To make this decision about the edge case, you need to look at it in context of the top tasks of the site. Ask yourself the following question. Is it a reasonable trade-off to make the top tasks just a little bit harder to find in order to accommodate this edge case? If the answer is no, then you should remove the edge case from the site entirely. If, on the other hand, the answer is, turns out to be yes, then we move on to our next option. If an edge case 
has to be accommodated on your site in some way, the answer is often to hide it. Hiding it can mean a variety of things. Typically, it might mean pushing it lower in the information architecture, removing it from the main navigation uh, so that it's only available through search, or isolating the information so that it's only available via a direct link. This ensures the content is still available to those who need it, and are specifically looking for it, but it doesn't make it harder to find top tasks. Of course, sometimes the edge case cannot be hidden. This might be because it's more common than most edge cases, or often because it's politically unacceptable to hide it. In such scenarios, Maida suggests the third option, which is to shrink it. We've all been there, haven't we? The managing director of the company wants a link to a welcome letter he's written that needs to be on the homepage of the site. If ever there was an edge case, this was it. Nobody's interested in his letter, but he insists that it's there. In a perfect world, we would show him the error of his ways and it would be removed. But we don't live in a perfect world. Even hiding the letter is not an option. He wants it linked to from the homepage. So that just leaves shrinking it. Essentially, Major's third law um, is about creating a visual hierarchy. If you have a, um, an edge case that has to appear, then make sure that it's visually less eye-catching than the top tasks. It's not ideal, but if all else fails, it is a fallback. The problem with edge cases is that from the outside, you can look petty talking about them. It's not unusual to hear comments such as, there's only one little link for crying out loud. The problem is, is it's death by a thousand cuts. It's not just one little link, it's one more little link. And over time, these links build up into a massive haystack that makes the needle impossible to find. On top of that, users are really willing to search for the needle in the first place. You can quote statistics and about user attention until you're blue in the face. But to each person pushing their own edge case... They're only asking for one tiny little change. In my experience, the only real solution is to put all of these people in the room and to show them the scope of the problem. But that's another post entirely, and one that you can find a link to from the blog post associated with this audio.